Welcome to the Beeson Podcast coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University. Now your hosts, Doug Sweeney and Kristen Padilla. Welcome to the Beeson Podcast. I am Doug Sweeney here with my co-host Kristen Padilla. And today we are starting a new series on the podcast called Christian Faith at Work. We'll be interviewing members of our Beeson community who are seeking to advance the reign of God in business and the professions. And I'm especially excited to let you hear from today's guest, who was one of the first friends I made after moving here to Birmingham last summer. He is the real deal, my friends, a very thoughtful Christian and a good friend. Before we get underway, let me remind you that we are eager to stay in touch with you during the COVID pandemic. Let's work on this together. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even YouTube. We are not hard to find, and we would love to hear from you in any way you'd like. Please drop us a line and let us know how you're doing. We love you, and we are praying for you. Kristen, who do we have on the program today? Welcome, everyone, to the Beeson Podcast. We have a friend of Beeson and a personal friend of mine on the show today, Don Menendez. Don has been involved in the technology industry for 40 years, beginning with the IBM Corporation, and most recently as founder and CEO of White Plume Technologies, a software development company. He is a Beeson Divinity School Advisory Board member, and he also serves on numerous boards throughout the community, um, including the Boys and Girls Club of Central Alabama. He and his wife, Jane, and their children are members of uh, the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, which is where I met Don and Jane. And so, Don, welcome to the Beeson Podcast. We're so glad to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. We always like to begin um, in a very personal way. We would love to know about your story. Who are you? Where are you from? Especially uh, your story of faith in Jesus Christ. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, again, glad to be with you today. Currently live in Birmingham, Alabama, but I grew up um, in a number of different cities. I uh, was born in Miami, lived in Puerto Rico, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, Chicago, uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Went to school in Nashville, and I ended up uh, after a short stint in Atlanta and Birmingham, and we've been here for 35 years now. We just love it. But I, I grew up in what might be called a culturally Christian family. Matters of faith just weren't, weren't really something that we discussed uh, around the kitchen table, even though we belonged to a church and we were somewhat regular attenders uh, at church. Uh, I think it would be fair to say that personally, I was a, a notional Christian. I had some notion of what Christianity was. And for me, it was probably part Bible stories, part um, citizenship, part uh, morality, uh, part just trying to be a good person. But in my case, I, I never really doubted that there was a God or that Jesus was his son, uh, a person who had lived uh, and died and was raised from the dead. I just didn't have a clear understanding of what that had to do with me and how it should be impacting my daily life. And when I was in high school, I, I, I uh, you know, went to Young Life on occasion. In college, I continued to attend church, uh, and I even joined some small um, study groups uh, from time to time. But it really wasn't until my late 20s or early 30s when I really began to engage God's Word uh, and um, pr 
primarily in small group settings. And for me, that's where faith really took hold and kind of where I began to understand the gospel uh, and my need for God's uh, salvific work in my life and his grace on a daily basis. So that's, that's kind of my story. It's a wonderful story. Don, we want to get around to ask you about the difference your faith makes in the way you do your work, but help us set this up a little bit. Tell us enough about your career so that we'll be able to process the advice you give us well. How did you get started in business and technology? Why did you start your own business? And what is White Plume Technologies? My first job right out of college, as Kristen mentioned, was with IBM. So, and I spent about 10 years with them. Uh, so I guess I've really been in technology uh, all of my life. And it was a really wonderful foundation uh, that IBM back in those days uh, gave uh, people, uh, understanding not only technology, but uh, management systems and, and all of the, the skill sets that you would need to be successful in business. Um, and I had left IBM after about 10 years and uh, with one short stint outside of uh, technology, I returned to technology. And in 1997, uh, I was president of a technology company. And I really felt like I was being called um, out from my current position to start a business. And I, and I really didn't know what the business itself was going to be. I didn't, I didn't have a plan, if you will, for the what. But I felt like what I was being called was I was being called very specifically to the why and I was being called very specifically to the how. And I remember, Doug and Kristen, as, as I explained what I felt I was being called to do, a lot of friends uh, were suggesting that maybe God was calling me into full-time ordained ministry. I was probably in my early 40s. Uh, I can remember that happening over and over again because I couldn't tell them what I was going to do. I would just tell them that I felt God was calling me about this why and this how. And the one thing that I was certain of is that God was not calling me to ordained ministry. Uh, as, it relates, as it relates to the what, that, that, that I was sure of. But in retrospect, um, I think that what God really was calling me to was to pursue growing in my integrity in my work. In other words, learning how to more fully integrate my faith uh, with where I spent the largest part of my waking hours, and that was at work. Um, and it was consistent with a theme that God had been working uh, on in my life, you know, um, since probably 1985. So I've been, I've been actively working through this for about 12 years. And ultimately I founded White Plume Technologies, um, which is Kristen says a software development company. So it was much more about the why and the how, as opposed to the what uh, to founding a business. As Doug has already said, this series is seeking to explore Christian faith at work. Don, after you found White Plume, tell our listeners how your Christian faith has impacted the work that you are doing there. How are you trying to make a difference for Christ and his kingdom in the workplace? Uh, great questions. For me, it's the key question. Uh, when I, it was the, the key question, too, when I started the business. Um, how should my faith inform and impact my daily work? Um, and as Doug and I have talked about before, um, at that point in time, uh, there wasn't a lot. I wasn't getting a lot. It was pre-internet. Uh, and I, so I, I wasn't getting a lot of uh, good answers for me. Certainly, I wasn't getting it from the pulpit. I wasn't getting it from the church. And that wasn't because there was anything lacking there. It just wasn't the focus. Um, and a lot of the, the, the current parachurch ministries that are available to talk about integrating faith and work uh, just didn't, didn't exist or they weren't as available, readily available as they are now. And so um, I... Uh, it was, it was clear to me that my identity, uh, my Christian identity should impact and inform my work life. 
uh, in the same way that it impacted the rest of my life, my family life, my, my uh, life in the community, my, uh, my relationship with my spouse, my life in the church. So I, 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 had, I really sat down and I wrote up nine principles that I thought God had been teaching me about, um, about, a, uh, about the vision for business. And I think this helps answer the question. I won't, I won't go through all nine of them, uh, but th- there were two or three that were really uh, foundational. And the first one was that um, I was certain that God wanted me to commit the business and everything that I did in the business uh, to the Lord, um, that it would be, that I'd be a good steward, uh, that I would work diligently, that, uh, but I would always do it for the glory of God um, and be intentional about my daily walk with the Lord at work, that I would never stray from the truth of God's sovereignty over all aspects of my life, including my work. I go back to this document, by the way, from time to time, and I'm grateful about what God has done. Uh, it was aspirational at the time, uh, and uh, where I've fallen short, it's been because of my own human failings and my lack of abiding with the Lord, but where things have turned out well, it's been in those times when I have uh, I've been really close to the Lord. So it was a, um, the, the idea of committing everything, the, the idea of stewardship, the, God, the idea that God actually owned the business. And I would say this, your question was about specifically work, uh, ways to impact the kingdom. Um, those are tactics and those are outcomes. But to me, the most foundational thing is, that piece that says the only way to really do kingdom work and to do it intentionally is to, uh, is to understand who owns the business as it were, who owns my life at that, at, you know, on a daily basis. So that's great. We'll pull you out a little bit more. Has there been a cost for you being a Christian businessman? Have you had to say no to things? Have you had to make tough decisions on the basis of your loyalty to Christ? Have any of those decisions hurt your business? And if so, how do you navigate that? How does a Christian who has limits because of his Christian faith and his Christian ethics stay strong in the midst of needing to hold the line for the sake of Christ? Yeah, um, another great question. And, and I want to be careful about, you know, cherry picking incidents uh, and, and reverse engineering what God did in those. I think I, we can do that often. Uh, one immediately comes to mind, uh, and that was when I was uh, raising, I had to raise money uh, for uh, this business from outside investors. And one of the things that I thought was a principle that, that, we, that, that I felt very strong about was that we would uh, tithe off of our earnings, whatever they, they are. Uh, and I remember having a, a friend and a mentor who's in, who's going to be a potential investor. And he looked at me and when he looked at that, he said, well, you know, that's crazy. <laughs> I said, well, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to point to you biblically that every business has to do that, but I just felt compelled to do that as a, and um, he told me that um, he said, well, love you and everything, but I don't think I'm going to invest in a business that's going to do that because that just doesn't make sense to me. And it wasn't a, it wasn't an angry and ugly thing, but it was, it was good that he was clear about that. And he pointed to that. And so that would be a, a small thing. But the, the, I think the larger point I'd make to that question is this. The, the Christian life is a life of tension. Jesus himself tells us in the Gospel of John that in this life you will have tribulation. We understand that we live in the world, but we're not of the world. Uh, and the workplace is definitely one place where there can be significant tension on a daily basis. And I think when we're talking about being in the world, and we, and we talk about this here from time to time with those people who are, who are believers who work in the business and are leaders, we're talking about, I think, the physical location, the here and the now. 
that's where I am today. I'm, I'm in my office and I'm working in Birmingham, Alabama at White Plume Technologies. But when we speak about the being of this world, I think we're really talking about how we think and where we get our wisdom from, because there are literally scores of decisions every day that are made. And sometimes this tension arises where our commitment to Christ is at odds with the realities and the complexities of the marketplace. That, that's the real question. And I want, to answer, I want to say this one thing, that this was foundational for us. About 25 years ago, I heard a Keller sermon, Tim Keller sermon. He talked about when we need wisdom and where we get that wisdom. And if I remember his point correctly, which I think I do largely, is, is that we need wisdom when the rules don't tell us what to do. If the rules tell us what to do, then we can simply decide whether or not we're going to follow those rules. And those rules could be laws. They could be principles of business or finance. They could be uh, what your shareholders have, have laid out for you as the, as the rules, as you will. But we need wisdom when the rules don't tell us what to do. And the second point he made was that everyone will go to whatever is king in their lives for that wisdom. And as Christians, the source of our wisdom is supposed to be, as I understand it, uh, Scripture, guided by prayer, open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I think that what allows you to preserve, and I mean, uh, to maintain and to carry on uh, and to be strong with your fidelity to Christ in your work world, when it may be uncomfortable or costly, it's knowing deep in your soul that who the king is, and it's being able to access his wisdom and provision in that area. So uh, it, it's really the base foundational piece, I think, of integrating our lives. The things I've been talking about, committing your work is to the Lord, committing your work itself is to the Lord, a steward concept, so that now when you get into the day-to-day difficulty of decisions where there's going to be tension and pressure, who's the king in your life? And uh, the last thing I'd say about that, this is so comforting. If I believe, as St. Paul said, that I have been crucified with Christ, that it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. If, if I believe that, then my decisions are his as well. How, Don, has the, the workplace and uh, the business that you do, how has that been an, an advantage or open doors for gospel work mm-hmm. that otherwise might be shut to the local church? Yeah. And I also know we have a lot of pastors who listen and are thinking about how do we make an inroad and impact um, the business world. So maybe you can say a word, too, to them about how they can think about their members who are in the business world about um, the doors that yeah. open through, through their work. I would say this to, to pastors. If you impact uh, a business person, your ability to impact far beyond what your church might ever be able to do is huge. So I would encourage them to to really build into uh, individual business people. Business is a great place to do kingdom work because you get so many opportunities to have interactions with people who might never darken the door of a church or who may even have been hurt by the church. And being in the business world, we get to develop relationships with all sorts of people uh, in a very normal kind of non-churchy way. Think about customers, employees, uh, co-workers, suppliers, vendors, lawyers, landlords. Um, if we carry out our mission and vision informed and guided by the working out of our faith, then maybe we make life a little better for them. And maybe, just maybe, they get an unexpected whiff of God's fragrant aroma from us. And I tell you, that's kingdom work. And we've seen that play out in the way our uh, people here treat each other and treat their customers and treat our suppliers. 
they, they get that. And every once in a while they'll ask, where does that come from? Or what is it? What's different about you? So we fail every day, uh, but we also succeed from time to time. And we know that God can redeem our failures. So our job is just to be available and obedient to his calling in our lives, not just in our work through the church, I think, but in our lives at work. And I, you know, we've learned a long time ago that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And if we treat everyone that we come into contact with with the respect that's due an image bearer, then we have opportunities daily that I would submit no church really has. And that's one of our core principles. Our, our core values is respect for the individual. It's the first one. And one of the ways we illuminate that beyond respect for the individual is we actually say uh, that we believe that everybody was created as an image bearer and, and that that deserves respect. And so um, great place for kingdom work. Don, how has your business managed the COVID epidemic? Have you had to make some cuts that affect those who work for you or those who use your products? What difference has your faith made in navigating the tumult of these last several months? Yeah, um, well, all of our, all of our um, customers are physicians, healthcare workers. And so uh, in our particular circumstance, we knew that uh, very early on, um, a lot of our clients were going uh, to go to you know, 50% or 30% of their revenues. Uh, and physician practices typically don't have uh, a lot of uh, capital to back up months without uh, cash flow. So like a lot of businesses, they had a problem. And one of the things that we did early on, which I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sure, this was certainly informed by, we, we may have made this decision had we not been Christians, but it was the right thing to do. Uh, and that is that uh, we were going to approach all of our clients if they had a problem paying us. Uh, our approach was uh, that we wanted to talk with them and we wanted to ask them. We weren't going to presume uh, a set of uh, 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 terms and conditions that made sense for us. We just wanted to ask, we prayed about this. We prayed for them. And, uh, and then, we, then we would have a meeting with them and ask them uh, what would work best for them, what they wanted the terms to be. And uh, thankfully, uh, we were able to do that. It wasn't as, as significant as we thought. There weren't as many clients that were, and it didn't get going for as long. So we had a little bit of a bump, and our clients had a bump, but um, um, it, 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 worked out, uh, it worked out fine for us. I think that the, what's helped us is, um, and it, it helps you whenever you have a downturn in business, and that is um, uh, that our faith gives us perspective. It informs our understanding uh, not only where we are, but more importantly, why we're here uh, and where we're headed. And uh, because we as Christians believe that we've actually read the last page of the book, kind of know how this thing turns out uh, at the very end. Uh, so during times that are particularly difficult, like what we're going through right now, I think perspective is important and helpful, but eternal perspective uh, is encouraging and is hope-filled, even in the middle of turmoil and suffering and um, you know, C.S. Lewis said that we have to continually be reminded of what we believe. So uh, that's, what we, that's what we try to do every, every day. We, we try to remind ourselves of what it is that we really believe. Uh, and uh, we try to maintain an eternal perspective. And we preach the gospel to ourselves daily, particularly on those days when there are no checks in the mail for several days in a row. That is such an encouraging word, um, especially for those listening who have been going through difficult times um, due to the pandemic. So thank you. Yeah for your testimony and witness. We can't let this podcast end without um, hearing a word from you about your relationship uh, to Beeson. I know that you have taken, taken many of our lay academy 
courses over the years. And like I said, you have served on our board, for which we're very grateful. And so I just want to know, how has Beeson Divinity School shaped your life and your view of God's work in the world? Yeah, I would say, gosh, Beeson is such a jewel, uh, particularly for those of us who are fortunate enough to live in Birmingham. Uh, I think technology in the future, even now, but in the future, will even more allow everybody to to have the same kind of uh, benefit that we've gotten out of Lay Academy. But those classes, uh, as a layperson, getting the advantage of being able to uh, sit and listen and learn under the faculty that God's called here to teach at Decent is just incredible. And and the tie to our business is that um, uh, you know God's called me to ministry in the workplace. God's called those people. Uh, to ministry uh, in uh, education and in development uh, of, uh, of young people, of people to, to, uh, uh, for the pastorate. And it's such an incredible resource for me to be able to go deeper into God's word in a way that I wouldn't be able to without that. So it's, it's really impacted. I have notebooks upon notebooks of uh, excellent teaching that I can go back to. Thank you for that wonderful plug. Don, we always like to end these shows by asking our guest, what's the Lord teaching you these days? What is the Lord doing in your life these days? And it can be a tough question to have to wrap your mind around, but is there anything by way of conclusion you can encourage our listeners with about the Lord's work in your life in recent weeks? Yeah, I would say, um, uh, I know I'm not alone in this, but it's funny how people talk about a positive thing as being a lifelong learner. I'm a lifelong slow learner, uh, so <laughs> there's a lot that's always being taught if I'll just pay attention to it. I, w- I would say, trying not, not to deflect the question, that most recently the, there's, the theme, there's been a theme of revealing my need where I um, may not think I have need. Uh, and um, this is not the first time for me, and I'm sure it's a, a theme that will continue on, but that sometimes can be a painful process, uh, thinking that you have overcome. For me, for me, just recently, in the last couple of weeks, it was around an, an area of uh, forgiveness and restoration. Uh, and as painful as that process can be, um, we, I still want to lean into it because I know at the end of the day, that perspective says that it always pushes me back to him. And for that, I'm grateful. So I, I think what's been going on is a, a revealing of some areas uh, where I've got need that I thought I had handled on my own. Uh, and he's drawing me closer to him that way. But as you guys know, that can be a little painful in the middle of the process. It sure can. Thank you very much, Don, for being with us. You have been listening to Don Menendez, the founder and CEO of White Plume Technologies here in Birmingham, Alabama. We're especially thankful to Don for being the first person to be interviewed in our series called Christian Faith at Work, about which we are excited. We hope you are too. We thank you all for being with us. We ask you to continue praying for us as we continue here at Beeson navigating the COVID epidemic. We are praying for you. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast. Our theme music is written and performed by Advent Birmingham of the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama. Our engineer is Rob Willis. Our announcer is Mike Pascarello. Our co-hosts are Doug Sweeney and myself, Kristen Padilla. Please subscribe to the Beeson Podcast at beesondivinity.com slash podcast or on iTunes.